0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for holding on with us from that last time. This is the Crypto Gaming Institute podcast. I'm your host, Ben. I'm incredibly excited excited today to speak with at Dexonian, Mr. GG, Mr. Greg G, Chief Operating Officer for Dexio Protocol. Greg, thank you so much for coming on the show today.
1: Again, man, excited to be here. Very excited.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm uh, extremely excited to uh, dive in, but first, it's time to level up. (laughs) We'll be right back. <laughs> back. And welcome back, everybody. Let's get into it. Greg, you are doing some incredible things over at Dexio Protocol. I don't even want to try to summarize this. I want to hear straight from you. What exactly is Dexio Protocol, and what are you doing there?
1: Well, um so first of all, again, thanks for having me on the on the show. So uh, I the best way that I, I have to describe what we're doing we we think of ourselves as a gaming company, okay? Um, you know, we're in the crypto space, obviously we, we have a, a, you know, crypto project, we have a token, uh, NFC marketplace, all those things. And we can get into that too. But, um, we, we think of ourselves as a gaming company first, why? Because you don't make games fun by shoving crypto and blockchain technology into them. Uh, you make games fun by making them fun. <laughs> uh, and so we've hired game developers and really focused on making sure that we make gaming fun first. Um, So we're a gaming company, and we are bridging the gap between traditional enterprise and the web three phenomenon. So what does that mean? That means that traditional gaming has traditional enterprise mechanics in it, right? Uh, And traditional self identified gamers uh, are very excited about playing fun, immersive, interactive games. And what we found is that they're not particularly interested in playing NFT games, at least as we know it uh, right now, because most NFT games are not particularly fun. They're all kind of play to earn focused and they're very tokenomics focused. And, and, And so we're very much trying to make sure that we think about the gaming portion of it and our gamers and our users before we think about anything else. And using the blockchain and crypto portion of what we're doing which is very important to what we're doing, obviously as a way to enhance user experience, right? So, um, the important thing is that the user has a good experience and they're going to have a great experience playing a fun game. And we're going to make that experience even better. Uh, and we're going to retain people even, even more by providing a enhanced experience using crypto and NFT technology. I, you know, we found that once we get the gamers to play our games, which are fun, uh, and you know, kind of disarm them against their their skepticism towards NFT gaming. They we find that they really enjoy NFT gaming. Uh, it's just getting them to actually play the game. So so again, we're a gaming company. We're we're focused on on making sure that we're making fun games.
0: Now, when you're thinking about this idea of a lot of NFT games are not really fun. They're mostly focused on play to earn. I have seen a lot of those. Lately, however, and in the, just for historical accuracy, it's October 12th, 2022. I feel like we're in a renaissance of, of gaming and building and people are all coming together and doing incredible things. And I've been so inspired by everybody's dedication to making it better and making it fun. And whether it's free to play, free to own, play to earn, play to you know, play to own, whatever it is. We're all coming together around gaming, around technology. Are you seeing that also? Or I'm just kind of curious, sir.
1: No, so you're exactly right. What what the the analogy that I like to use for what has happened to the crypto space in general, but also you know what definitely happened to the game fi space as a as a part of that. I, the, the analogy I like to use is a forest fire. What, what happened in the kind of, you know, we've been in technically in a bear market since November, right? Because BTC has been falling since November. Um, so from a technical point of view, we've been in a crypto has been in a bear market since then. I think people would all agree that since like February, March, it was pretty clear that things were, you know, riding down by April. It was very obvious. And then obviously the whole Luna collapse in May and all that. So um, I kind of liken it to a forest fire. So, you know, forest fires are bad you know, people, uh, the, if you live in the forest, it's, it's not a good thing, you know, um, uh, and, it, you know, it can be very destructive, but it's actually a healthy part of the life cycle of a lot of forests to clear out the dead wood and underbrush and, uh, you know, make space, come, provide and an opportunity, right, right. Exactly. Nutrients for the soil. It provides an opportunity for a new life cycle, a new growth cycle for the forest to, you know, grow even bigger and better and, and, and more, more flourish flourished. Uh, from there so you know can we
0: touch on that for a second sure we touch on that point the to the plants and the new growth the sentiment is nutrient rich soil from uh, probably from the ashes or something it's really nutrient dense it it mixes together what is the equivalent of that if that is an analogy to the gaming space in this current current epoch of time
1: so I think what happened was there was a lot of attention and focus on things that weren't relevant to fun gaming, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, gaming is an incredibly important part of of uh, our humanity as human beings, right? It's actually been essential to the way that we connect with each other, how we adopt new ideas, how we um, you know learn new things, how we how we are are able to incorporate ourselves into new activities and new communities, right? We use gaming in, in uh, you know, in churches and synagogues and in mosques, you know, to, um, in, in I don't use this necessarily in a negative way, but to indoctrinate the the young people into that, you know, particular uh, dogma, right? And we use gaming in, you know, ways that we connect with each other in the schoolyard and in, in schools and classrooms. And, you know, it, it, we, we use gaming on in, in corporate retreats and in, you know, office exercises. It's a way that we're it kind of disarms us, right? It, it makes it so that we're more, uh, you know, apt to connect with and have fun and do things with other people um, and learn new ideas. And so, you know, when gaming isn't fun, <laughs> you're not going to retain gamers, right? Um, and GameFi was like, everything was about tokenomics. Everything was about earning. Every You know, it was like the whole thing was just super focused on that. And I think what to your point and what you're experiencing and talking to people in the industry that that are, are working in the industry. And I'm also experiencing this, too, talking to people like you and then talking to people in the industry. Everybody has realized we went, you know, we went as a as a as a company. Seven of us went to Consensus in Austin and in, in in Texas, the CoinDesk uh, sponsored event in Texas and the overwhelming, you know, mantra there was gaming has to be fun fun first fun first fun first you know we were already thinking that before that but it was really great to hear that kind of echoed back at us because it wasn't fun like all these games were being produced and all this game stuff was being done and everything was like earn 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 how do i earn even in our own community you know we had a lot of people in the community we still do people like how do i make money playing this game like well okay that's an important part aspect of this right because it it's it's the kind of web three aspect of ownership right but if all you care about is making money playing a game then you should probably be a professional gamer like that's not a realistic goal for the average person playing games right if you can have games that are super fun that have the ability for people to have some kind of upside in it right that they can, they can, you know, learn to earn or move to earn or, or you know, play to earn in some kind of, in, in some ethos, right? Um, then you're going to get, uh, you know, people having an enhanced experience. That's what I'm, I'm saying. You have this enhanced experience. You know, you talk to people who, I talked to a guy who, you know, was telling me that, and I don't remember what game he was talking about, I do League of Legends or something, but he was saying that he spent, for seven years, he spent four to six hours a day playing this game. Okay that's a monumental investment of time, right? Now granted, you know, he's playing with his friends and you know whatever. I mean, it was a monumental investment of time, but it was an enriching experience for him that isn't necessarily quantifiable or even qualifiable, right? It's like a, you know, that's that's what gaming is. It's not it's like, you know, the way I'm going to say it. as a
0: as a as a former aspiring League of Legends pro that has won a few tournaments and and played in a couple leagues, it's not always enriching. <laughs> Sometimes it's infuriating and it's just, <laughs> but that, but that's well, all part of it. Of course.
1: I was going to say that. that that's actually probably part of the experience. Right. So, but you know, if you could take some of that investment with you, right. Of that course. time, that money investment, you know, um, and, you know, with NFT technology being the way that it is, upgradable NFT technology, right, where you're taking data that's related to a game and tying that to an NFT and allowing that data to accumulate over time and provide some positive impact for that NFT's experience in that particular game, right? That actually is really cool. You can, you know, grind away at a game and spend a lot of time and energy on it and then have this thing in, in our Web3 world that you can then, pass on to somebody else you could give it to somebody or you could sell it to somebody else within the ecosystem maybe draw a little bit of of that of that capital that you've put in both time and money capital back out of it this is a really positive thing but it's not and actually not- I want to I want to
0: hop in for one
1: second here and I do apologize and I'll keep no off, you're, good. you're
0: good good Co- cut coming up to to continue with the league of legends example for for a second i've spent a lot of money on skins in my time i have spent easily thousands to tens of thousands of dollars on skins if i had to say and over over the course of my lifetime right and so all of that should have been accumulating things like statistics history for that skin its own each each skin has a story to it all the games that were played with it what about the awesome moments i played in a you know in amateur league but we won the championship i was in costa rica traveling using crazy hack together Internet to make sure that I was able to play and I was a jungler, right? So it's very important to not mess that up. And so, I mean, every position is important, of course. But to be able to document a snapshot of that history, that moment in time, that's real, that's something real. And that should be contained within NFT versions of these sorts of assets just because it's amazing and it should be done for the sake of it. But also those things are valuable. Let's say the top streamer has the winning kill in a potential game of, you know, in a game of whatever versus whatever. And that that was like the no scope headshot 360 winning kill in the the ultimate championship of championships. What if there were 25 copies of that and that that player could could give that out to their top fans the people have supported them from the beginning? That is where it's at.
1: Right. And so what you're what you're describing, I think, and getting back to this point about the forest fire, right? What you're describing is the um, the really powerful components of how Web3 affects gaming in a very positive way. Right. And what we saw in the bull cycle of, you know, 2021 was a really heavy shift away from experience and from, uh, you know, the uh, Investment into you know the 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 ecosystem, and we the focus got completely shifted into profit, right? Um, and what you know, so I, I'm I'm by no means anti-capitalist by any any stretch of the imagination, but capitalism at its core has a requirement, and and that requirement is that all money naturally will flow to where it will grow the fastest and the easiest. Okay, that's not a statement of of of, uh, you know, any type of philosophical belief. That's just a fact about the way that capitalism has to work, right? So, um, you know, now what happens because of that is that people who are most interested in, uh, you know, applying themselves to enriching themselves as fast as they possibly can are attracted to the things that where the money is all flowing to. And you, you end up with, you know, like banksters and, and, you know, the financial system that we currently have and all the crazy shit that happens. Right. So um, what we saw was, you know, a lot of uh, intellectual uh, energy and a lot of capital and a lot of, uh, you know, time and, 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 you know, other types of, of investments flowing towards the, you know, the place where that money was growing the fastest and the easiest. And it drew in a lot of really kind of, bad actors it just did it didn't draw in people who were interested in gaming it didn't draw on people who were interested in blockchain it didn't draw in people who were interested in anything other than profiting at whatever well cost, maybe right? not
0: primarily maybe not primarily but they were well i should let me rephrase it maybe not in a majority or maybe in a majority but there were some people i think who did come for other reasons no absolutely no, no, a no. lot of that and happened too a lot of that happened too well,
1: Absolutely. And that that's kind of that's actually my point is that the forest fire got rid of most of the people who were interested in things that and in and, and the projects that were very focused around these things and left those of us that were actually engaged in, you know, for lack of a better term, ethical, you know, principled activity within the space. Right. Um, because you couldn't really be you know, focused on the profit side of things anymore because all the profit was sucked out through the whole, you know, crypto collapse, right? And so all the people who were only interested in that left and were left with a lot of really good people who are building really cool stuff. And all the noise, all the craziness, you know, has kind of died down. it's very hard to be the loudest person in an already very loud room. In fact, it's almost impossible, right? But all that noise and chatter and clatter really got removed in that forest fire. And what's left is people like you and me and a lot of other people who you're talking to. And you're noticing that the space is shifting now towards people talking about, you know, real use cases, about, you know, user experiences, about actual ownership and, and, you know, and and uh, the 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 the, web, the the what Web 3 is really about what Internet 3.0 is really about. Right. Um, one of the great, uh, you know, m- things I've heard of descriptions I've heard about the Internet is Internet. 1.0 was about consumption, consuming things. Give me information. Right. Internet 2.0 is about creating things like I'm going to create my Facebook profile, or my MySpace or my YouTube and, and Internet 3.0 Web 3 is about ownership. OK, now I get to participate in actually owning a piece of digital. Um, you know digital asset right um, and so that 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 shift um because of in in a lot of ways because of that forest fire that shift has allowed the people who are actually interested in in the again principled ethical application of web3 it's left us going okay now what what kind of cool stuff do we get to do and who's left here to talk to about it because you know that, that's kind of where we're at now of course there's there's problems because we're in a crypto winter. There's not a lot of capital coming in. There's you know, there's it's a struggle to try to develop things. You do need money, you know, Um, so that's a that's another complication. But you do have a lot of people in in the business now who are thinking about, okay, how do I create real business models? Um, You know, not just all token based, you know, Ponzi schemes, because as a businessman, you know, I've been a businessman for 20 some odd years. As a businessman, I've I've you know, I always look at things and I go, okay, where's the money? Um, not because I'm—that's all I'm interested in—but just because I'm a businessman and that's what I think about. How are you paying your bills? How are you paying your people? Where's the money coming from? You know. Um, and when you look at most of crypto, it's like, where's the money coming from? Oh, it's—it's it's coming from new investors coming in and you cashing out on them. There's a word for that. It's called a Ponzi scheme. You know. Um, uh, so if you don't have real, you know, business mechanics built into, um, you know, your project or your, into your 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 gaming application you're going to run into a lot of problems right and and i think a lot of people are thinking about that now i'm sure you're hearing people talk about that okay how do we um you know create a sustainable system that we can actually pay for things you know and and not live in some you know crypto anarcho you know maxi la la land of like you know everything has to be crypto like no we live in a fiat world there's like you know we have to pay for things you know for so now. Now, um, I'm not saying that. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm I, just kidding. That's I'm not, I'm not making a political statement, I'm just <laughs> making a reality statement. You know, when I talk to maxis or like people are like XRP is gonna be world currency, like, no, it's not okay. Like, you need to like get a grip on reality, okay. It may be that that we you know enter a future in which crypto is you know is the most integral or important part of how uh financial economics work. But it's certainly not going to be the only way, and there's not going to only be one crypto. That just doesn't, you know, it's not, this is not Lord of the Rings, um, you know. So, um, uh, so, so, anyway, so yeah, so that that's kind of, you know, to your point, the forest fire I think cleared out all of the the, not all of, but a lot of the bad actors and a lot of the parasites and a lot of the people who were were in the space for the wrong reasons. Um, and we're looking for unrealistic outcomes. You know, all the moon boys and chart chasers, like, when are we gonna 50x? Like, is that? That's not realistic. You know, that's not how things work. Well, maybe in a
0: in a super short time frame. But right. I, I I like I like the group of people that are that are around right now because I feel like a lot of people are really smart. I mean, I'm talking to so many people, and the things that everybody, including you are saying, that's freaking brilliant. Who, how many people would you meet on the side of the road? And they could tell you the things that, for example, you have shared with us already in, in this very quick 20 minutes, right? Like that's incredible. And so then we're all starting to like meet each other and talk to each other because there's only so many people here. Like there are a lot and there's a ridiculous amount of talent, but then I feel like the more people I meet in this space, the more I realize so many people are so cool too. And it feels like everybody wants to work together. And then it's like, wow, almost an Olympics of metaverse, crypto gaming, all blockchain, all of that, Web3, all of it comes together. And then we're, you know, it feels like we're a bunch of Marvel superheroes that are just, you know, we're all going out and we're just completely kicking ass all together it's a wonderful thing
1: I, I love that yeah i mean and it's the whole space actually it's not just gaming and the game five space right the whole crypto space really and i mean if you look at it you know, and, the, and the metaverse absolutely i mean and all of it and they are kind of you know they 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 really are different things that are working together right but the um or there's overlap um yeah, uh, it's funny. I always kind of joke with people, like people like you know, talk to me about metaverse. I'm like, I don't even know what the metaverse is. I don't think anybody does. You know, um, it. I think we're still trying to figure it out. Um, and I think it's uh,
0: everything that's not physical. Anything yeah. that's not
1: physical, metaverse done. That, Let's that's move fair. on from that. that. That's fair. That yeah, that's a fair. That's a fair. I, I it's think just a
0: rebrand of a virtual, digital, online, like everything not
1: analog. But it's like it's a little bit more than a rebrand i feel like it's like uh it's almost like a next evolution of, of what sure. we yes what that was right and especially as the web yes. 3 component is added to it the whole digital ownership thing kind of like really changes like the you know totally. um, but a game way, changer it is and it's awesome but the whole sp you know so so if you t- if you take you know basic statistics right or, you know roughly you know like around 4% of the world population has at one point or another traded crypto or owned NFTs in Western countries and some Western countries, those statistics are as high as about 12% at one point or another in the past year have owned an NFT or, or owned or traded crypto. Um, You know, so this is a pretty small, you know, portion of the, of the global population. But if you, if you take, you know, other numbers, like for example, there's roughly 3.2 billion gamers worldwide. OK, and the gaming industry alone in 2022 is projected to do roughly two hundred billion dollars in in business. Right. This is a massive business. It is a massive uh, has massive impact on the world. Three point two billion gamers. That's a lot of people. And, you know, that's half the world not quite half the world. But anyways, 40 percent of the world population in the US alone, 75 percent of all households have at least one self-identified gamer. Now, that 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 means that in the US alone, that's low. That's, that's low. That's at least one. Right. So in some households, you're going to have four. Right. The average household has four people. So, you know, if you just if you just, you know, conservatively look at that, you're looking at, you know, like, you know, a- around 90, 95 million gamers in the US alone. Right. Um, you know, And that's so,
0: self-identified. That's
1: people play different.
0: games on their phone. They are a gamer, but they may not
1: realize they're a gamer. So that's we don't 100%. actually even know. That's a hundred percent right. Like, what does it mean to be a self-identified gamer? I mean, I play games. I wouldn't call myself a self-identified gamer, right? Um, but, but I don't know. What okay, I'll,
0: I'll give you. I'll give you an example. My mom, easily the most one of the most awesome people in the whole wide world. God super grateful. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank her. Uh, she plays Text Twist. Right. She loves Boggle, card games. Text Twist is online. It's like a you know like a Scrabble type game. Okay. She's like one of the most competitive people I know. So is she a gamer? Because we often
1: have family game night, right? But it's it- I, I mean, think about how many, how many board games and card games, and like my kids who are, are, are young are, are um, 12, 11 and, and 9, they love physical monopoly. Like they, they love to play, Mono- maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's me being the capitalist that I, am. I don't know. Maybe it's, it's, there's something there I should look at. I love right? Monopoly. I, I, I love, love Monopoly. Monopoly. They love physically playing Monopoly, but those kids will, if I let them, will endlessly play video games till the, you know, the, the, it, you know. Uh, just,
0: until- just wait till they find virtual Monopoly online. Oh, um, <laughs> they're not watching
1: it. Um, so, so, but. Yeah, so so you know what does it mean to be a gamer? Again, these statistics are are they're probably conservative, right? So um, if you look at at GameFi itself and 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 you know where we are in the space, how how important you know so uh, the GameFi space is is not you know that two hundred billion dollars. The GameFi space is a very small portion of that. You know it's kind of hard to to, to get accurate statistics on this, but it it by some projections that that seem you know. Uh, probably we're fairly accurate, the GameFi space will grow by about 10 times in the next three years. Um, That's because of people like you and a lot of the people that we're talking, you know, that we're both talking to and that we're talking about, that there's a lot of really smart people who are really engaged and interested in this, who have really ethical approaches to what Web3, how Web3 affects gaming and what GameFi can really be. Um, Gotta be
0: integrity first. Gotta be integrity first.
1: There there you go. So one of the things we always talk about, it's in our white paper, we talk about all the time, authenticity, integrity, you know, and transparency. Those three things really guide everything that we do. We're interested in adoption. We're interested in utility. We're interested in sustainability, but we're guided by the principles of authenticity, integrity, and and transparency. And the reason why is because I need to hold myself accountable. I need to hold the people around me accountable. Um, and, and we have to be able to trust one another as we're kind of going along this journey. And without those three principles in place, it's very difficult to trust people, right? Um, so- And actually,
0: uh, I think this is the key to making trustless systems work too. For example, let's say you're part of a DAO and there are 874 members of the DAO and you are trying to persuade each and every one to agree with you on something, right? In my current perception, the best way to do that is to put forth the highest integrity solution. And here's why that's what everybody's looking for at the end of the day, the one that's the most fair and the most equitable and just the most, like it makes the most sense and they can't think of something better. Why would they not choose that one? So that's the key, right? To cause who, and whoever can put that forward, you then become the person that just saved everybody all the time. and trying to figure that out. You're a superstar. You're a hero for figuring that out. And, it brings the trust and the trustless together, right? Or is there a better way?
1: I, I, you know, we we're we're actually on the verge of launching our own DAO, um, and uh, we have a governance token that is is going to be how people vote in that DAO. You know, connecting through a DApp and and voting, um, you know, using your your tokens essentially as as voting rights, um, and and we're doing that for a number of different reasons. But primarily we, we want people to be invested in the in the solution process. Right. Um, and uh, the, the best way that, that you can get people to be invested in the solution process is to get them to actually invest their time and energy into something. Right. Um, and if somebody has their time and energy invested into something, they're far more likely to, um, uh, you know, be persuaded by uh, truth. Right. Um, it's, it's very easy to be persuaded by, you know, whims and, you know, fantasy when you don't actually have something on the line, when you have something on the line, you, you often are, are, it's difficult to persuade you (laughs) away from reality. Right. So, um, you know, we need to be invested in solutions and, and because there are a lot of not problems in the sense of like, there's negative problems, but there's, there's, you know, there's things that we need to work out and figure out how we're going to do these things, how we're going to make these things work, what the most equitable solutions are. Um, and we need everybody thinking about those things and everybody putting forward their own, um, everybody that's invested in, in the situation, putting forward their own opinions. And and I think you're right that if you have people with integrity, right, and that's very clear, self-honesty, which is what integrity is, right? You have people that you understand to be self-honest, whether you agree with them or not. That's a different thing, right? Of course. But, you know, for for me, you know, when somebody has conviction, that's important to me right now, they could have conviction about fucking lunatic shit. And then I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, uh, you know, but I mean, if somebody has genuine conviction and integrity, um, you know, they're honest with themselves about stuff and they have conviction about what they're saying, um, I'm far more likely to listen to them, even if I don't agree with them. Right. And actually it's helpful for me to listen to people who have conviction and integrity that I don't agree with because at, at, at worst, I'm going to come to understand what I believe even better. Right. And at best I'm going to come to understand that what I believe is not quite right. (laughs) And I need to adjust my understanding of things to, to meet this new information or this new perspective that I'm, I'm hearing about. It's very difficult. That's a
0: superpower. That's a superpower right there. The ability to hear What somebody else is saying when they're disagreeing with you and taking what is true from what they're saying and immediately adapting that and implementing that in your own life from then forward, that that. is a freaking superpower because so many people will get attached to ideas or beliefs that they hold. And it's a very simple conflation of self-identity with an idea that's pretty dangerous especially if this idea is not rock solid for sure 100 to be truth because if that's wrong instead of being able to correct that truth now you have to fight your own identity and your view of self so that gets pretty dangerous the ability to detach from that and to be able to freely trade ideas when it makes the most sense wow What a freaking superpower that that's, that's what you're describing there. And
1: I, well, thanks man. And, and, but that's true. And I think a lot of people actually, you know, uh, that I know have that ability, but it's very, it's very, it's a lot easier to accept what somebody else is saying. If you don't agree with them, if you know that that person has integrity, that's, that's kind of, if, if you have an experience with that person, you know, that person is authentic, they have integrity, they've been transparent about things. They themselves are are not you know living in some kind of irrational reality that they think they're always you know 100 accurate that they're open to ideas right that's how we exchange ideas and that's how we figure out you know uh uh that's how we learn right that's how we that's yeah. how we adapt and evolve and we learn get um, better
0: grows as humanity and people
1: exactly i I had a a teacher many years ago that had a giant blackboard and he drew a tiny he said pretend this giant blackboard is everything that ever could be known in the whole universe and he drew a tiny little dot in the corner and he said that's how much you know and then he drew a small circle around that dot and he said that's how much you know you don't know and then he said all the rest of this you don't even know you don't know that stuff and and that had a really powerful impact on me because i was just like man that's kind of true right we learn we we there's a bunch of stuff we know we don't know and then there's a bunch of stuff we don't even know we don't know and we come into contact with people other people and other experiences and we you know start to incorporate ideas and new things right and the only way that we're going to grow and make that that little dot get bigger and that that circle get a little bit bigger in our lifetime is if we are open enough to other people who've had other experiences on other parts of that blackboard you know and and are, are able to incorporate those things into what we're what we're we're seeing and doing and i think that's happening you know it's
0: one you know what's one thing about this metaphor of the dot that's you, the whiteboard that's everything, the circle around you, which is what you know, and then everything else is what you – are another circle, which is what you know that you don't know, and then everything else, which is what you don't know that you don't know. I think there are also parts of that, and I don't know how – may maybe like dots everywhere of things that you think you know, but you're actually wrong. Or yeah. you assume yeah. is a certain yeah. way, and yeah. it is not actually that way yeah and then there are dots of that everywhere too so that just adds a whole layer of complexity and then each individual person is having that and then we're all interacting with each other so all that's compounding on itself and that's been happening over the span of humanity
1: well that's pretty crazy and think about like where we've gotten to especially with social media and feedback loops right we we start to just like surround ourselves with a whole bunch of people who are telling us the same thing right and we're it's like we have this giant feedback loop this is what i believe and now i'm hooked into all these other people who also believe this and they're telling me that what i believe is true you know and it's just like okay radicalization that's not very helpful to growing right you know so um you know one of the uh, I, I wouldn't say that our team is contentious. That's not how, I mean, but like we, there's a lot of, there's very different, you know, points of view and we have a lot of different, you know, ideas about how to do things. And we definitely get, um, uh, you know, I don't know. Amped up yeah. I mean, you know, we get like, no, nah, and, and Don and I, Don is my, my business partner and the CEO of Dexio protocol, Don Rika, um, who's become like a, you know, has, has become one of my best friends and, and like a brother to me, but man, we disagree on a lot of stuff. Like we're constantly, <laughs> You know, we're we're constantly like at odds with each other about he's like, No, I don't think that's a good idea. And I'm like, No, but it is a good idea And he's like, It's really not a good idea. Uh, yeah, so, um I, but like uh, and then, you know, t- but because we respect each other and and we're able and we both understand that we're coming from this from this point of view of integrity, we're able to listen to each other and kind of figure things out. And that's been really helpful in our process, along with the rest of the people on our team, um, you know, and actually t- to that that point about, you know, the game five space and making games fun. One of the things that we intentionally did was hire game developers who were not crypto people. Um, you know, like we don't we don't want crypto people making our games. We want gamers making our games. You know, we want and, and Ovi Sans, who's our chief game developer and, and his team, they're all gamers, you know, they're like hardcore gamers. And, um, you know, Ovi and, and some of the other people on the team and his team have really zero experience prior to Dexio Protocol with crypto. Some of the guys do have a little bit of experience, um, but certainly not. They're not by any means like crypto people. Um, and that's been really good because it's they've, they've been like, you know, their whole orientation has just been like, why the hell are we putting crypto? In here? Why, why does? how does this make this better? You know, uh, and then like, uh, yeah, right. actually, how does it make it? It doesn't make it better. We have to find ways to to enhance people's experiences using crypto and NFT technology, not force it in there because we're trying to like create some utility that's pointless. Like utility it's got te-
0: to be a meritocracy. It's got to be a meritocracy.
1: There, there has to be some level of meritocracy for sure. I mean, you, you do, you do have to have people making decisions, which also yes. is, you know, is part of it too. Okay. So, so again, getting back to kind of Dexio protocol and what we're we're trying to do, um, you know, in bridging that gap with traditional enterprise, I want to talk just a little bit about that, if I can, if you don't mind, um, you know, we're, we're very much of the of the mindset that, you know, where we are right now um, is, is in a in a hybrid, it, where we are right now requires that we have a hybrid business model to, um, to, to, to gaming, right? We want to use we need, we, we, we want to uh, include and encourage crypto and blockchain adoption, NFT adoption. Okay. But we also need to make sure that we're not. Um,
0: proselytizing to the point of not getting customers.
1: Well, and, and more than that, actually, yes, yeah, not proselytizing. is positive. Um, but, you know, so we built our games so that you don't need to have a digital wallet to play them. You don't have to connect your wallet. You don't need a wallet. You can create a profile. There's non blockchain assets. There's non- a non blockchain in game currency called Dexie Cash. You can play the games for your whole life without ever connecting a wallet if you don't want to. Um, and so, why did we do that? We did that because we wanted to make games that people played because they were fun. And we didn't want to force them into crypto and NFT. Um, you know, use. We didn't want to make them do these things if they didn't want to do them because traditional gamers, self-identified gamers are skeptical, if not outright hostile towards NFT gaming. And so we wanted to disarm them. Okay, look, man, you don't, you know, just play our games. They're fun. You know, you don't have to do any of this stuff, but it's there. And if you want to use it, you can, you know, and I kind of joke, like, by likening us to like drug dealers, you know, like, we're like, Hey man, here's a little taste of the blockchain. <laughs> um, you know? But uh but it's true. Right. So in, in our flagship game, which is called Dexy Hunter, which is an augmented reality application that is often likened to Pokemon Go for crypto. But it's so much more than that. We call it the Dexy Hunter experience because it's not really a game. It is a full blown experience and has lots of incorporated mechanics in it, which we probably don't have time to get into. But um, wait, you let's can, go there. Let's go there. You can play Dexy Hunter. Let's go there. You can play Dexy Hunter. Um, and run around and collect digital, you know, collect collect assets out, you know, bounties we call them out in the world, and um, you know, if you collect an NFT bounty, um, you don't have to redeem that if you don't want to. You don't you don't need to. If you collect a crypto bounty, you don't have to redeem that if you don't want to. There are non-blockchain in-game assets that you can collect. And Dexie Hunter for our other games. There's a non-blockchain in-game currency. We're partnering with businesses to put business vouchers in augmented reality for people to collect and be able to use in those businesses, right? So there's a lot of different opportunities there for people to interact with augmented reality in the Dexie Hunter experience without ever having to have crypto. But they're gonna interact and where- and
0: getting and they get stuff that is valuable to them where they are. Exactly,
1: that's exactly right. So so the the whole mission again, adoption, utility, sustainability. Dexy Hunter is, in, in, in every sense, is those three things combined. And the reason why is because, you know, if we're interested in adoption and we're interested in, in self-identified gamers and, and, you know, people who, who just enjoy playing games, adopting crypto and NFT technology, adopting NFT gaming, this is a great entry gateway drug. This is a great entry point for them because, It's a it's a kind of a mechanism that they people who played Pokemon Go are somewhat familiar with. You know, you have augmented reality. You go out, you know, you have a 3D map. You can see these different things. You go out and you hunt for them and you can catch these different bounties. Um, And then those bounties, they're not Pokemon. They have real application to you. Either they're like in that non-blockchain in-game currency, which you can spend in our other games. They're the non-blockchain in-game assets, which can be used in the other games. They're business vouchers for businesses, local businesses, and, and, you know, eventually international, national businesses that, you know, we'll we'll partner with. We can do augmented reality advertising. We can do a whole augmented reality experience for people. Kind of think free guy with your phone though, right? Um, Where, you know, we can partner with a school district or with a museum and we can have a whole augmented reality experience. It's educational, right? augmented reality provides an opportunity for us to interact in the real world in, in a way that in, again is enhanced right and the whole world becomes our real estate we can do whatever we want we can you know we can put bounties wherever we want to we could put banners Beyond the world. world we can you all know, of
0: space everywhere it, anywhere it,
1: it, the whole yeah i mean we actually we have these kind of goofy little hot air balloons and stuff already and people are like what's the hot air balloon we're like we don't know it's just there right now um You'll but
0: see. You'll see.
1: Uh, well, we don't know you know there's actually coffins right now because i don't know one of the game developers is like a halloween guy people are like why are there coffins in dexie hunter i'm like i don't know they're there it's, it's kind spooky. of funny it's cool but they're there yeah. um, so you know what
0: you know what i'm hearing right now i'm just i'm hearing all of the people who really take this whole space seriously I'm hearing them furiously type on their keyboard trying to figure out a way to like do something with this information and in a way of like they I could just imagine them going through Dexio protocol and just like reading about it and going way down the rabbit hole because this has so much depth to it and there's so many layers. and I'm tremendously grateful that you came and talked to us about this because, I didn't even know that I didn't even know that you guys were out doing this at this level. I mean, this is really, really cool stuff. This is like, I don't even have a good analogy. I mean, it's, it's a, you're bridging technologies in such a cool way that. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna move. Cause everybody that you guys interact with, everybody then becomes part of the, the global web three community in a way, because now sure. we're all finally on the same team and we don't even have to agree that we're web two or web three anymore. We're just coming together around gaming and around um, these experiences and tools. It, well, it, it, it just removes the, the thing altogether.
1: And, and here here's another cool thing that we can do with Dexy Hunter, which I think is, is really awesome. So we, we drop these, we have lots of different types of bounties, NFTs, there's crypto lots of different cryptos we have you know cryptos that you've heard of as bounties like BTC ETH Matic that stuff obviously our own um but we've partnered with with uh, a couple of projects that we have relationships with um scrub.money um, and their token lion you can collect lion in Dexie Hunter because we're partnered with those guys and and um and then elk.finance where we're listed on the on the dex uh that we're listed on uh, the guys from Elk, so we have you can collect elk um, we have NFT creators from our own community, but we're talking to NFT creators from other communities that we can drop their NFTs. So people are able to collect these these NFTs, they're able to collect these cryptos from other uh, projects um, and learn about, there's a whole process that when you're collecting, you 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 end up in a screen where you actually are, you know are, are given a bunch of information about the project. Um, you can go to their website, or in the case of Elk, go right to their decks, if you want to, right from the application, right? So, um, and the the purpose again, it's adoption, right? We we want to partner with as many projects as we can. If there's projects that are listening to your show and they want to put their their crypto in in um, Dexie Hunter, we, we currently we don't charge people to do that. Um, you know, you just have to provide the crypto that we're obviously that we're giving out in these. It's kind of like an airdrop um but better right because each person is having an individual experience they're seeing this augmented reality lion token and they're collecting it and they're being brought through this whole collection process this whole collection animation and then they're, they're you know they're having to go through these screens where they're actually learning a little bit about um about scrub dot money which is you know who, who has lion. so um, you know, we're, we, it is about community. It is about bringing people in, in projects together and about being able to launch is in, in a way, this is kind of the metaverse in a, in its own way, right? It's, it's a, it's a augmented reality, right? It's not reality, it's augmented reality. And, um, you know, I think it's a great way for, for projects to build their, their holder base, to, you know, interact with new people and to interact with people in a fun and immersive and interactive experience. Right. Um, you know, uh, it, it's fun it, and it's like and, and people get like, you know, it, it's also a lot of exercise. You're walking around. We're tracking kilometers walked. Right. So you're seeing that you're seeing how many kilometers you're walking. You're seeing how many bounties you're collecting. You're seeing the different types of bounties that you're collecting. You're able to redeem those for to, to build your digital portfolio. You're, you're able to use the non-blockchain stuff and the other games that we have, which I haven't even talked about, Um and, you know, it's a it's a really immersive experience, but it is about connecting with other projects and with NFT creators so we can bring as many people in as, as we can. And the other thing that's really cool that we've done is we've built a whole migration feature in our um, NFT marketplace and our what we call our NFT Emporium, which allows us to actually migrate NFTs from any other contract into our own gaming ecosystem. We can actually use NFTs from other games in our games if we want to because all we have to do is, is basically create a database that allows that that information, that NFT information to be read and tracked um, and and have some kind of visual scope inside of the game. So we want to partner with as many people. So bring your NFTs, bring your crypto. let's you know we'll put it out there for people and, and we want to connect more people together. We want to connect with you. We want to build you know stuff with you we built um, or we actually really had, The guys from Scrub build us a couple of dApps because they're, in particular, the the, the main dev there, this guy, uh, the G, is is brilliant. And so, you know, like, hey man, you know, yeah, we could do that, but you guys build it and let's work together on it, you know? So that's kind of where we're at.
0: I love that. This goes right back to what we were talking about earlier with all, everybody partnering up and building together and creating cool stuff. I mean, just from an intellectual property level, Everybody's coming together with their own IP, and there's a huge foundation there individually. And then everybody's coming together, and it feels like now there's a really cool, almost like collab, but of on the IP level also, of, of just an explosion of partnerships and all this cool stuff happening. This is why I'm so unbelievably bullish. Even right now, when people are – I mean, I, I was looking at the fear and greed index. I think it's at a 20 right now. That's ridiculous.
1: Yeah.
0: That's, that's extreme. Literally, it's extreme, but I've never been more bullish in my whole freaking life. Like in this very moment, just, you know, everything that's led up to this point. And then this conversation we're having, how, how many people would have even believed this was even close to possible two years ago,
1: five years ago. Right. This is yeah. awesome. As the space is accelerating, you know, really fast. Actually. I don't know if you follow like, follow a guy named Alex Becker on on Twitter, um, but you know he's kind of a... well. A, he's a,
0: he's one of the co-founders of Neo Tokyo, which I of course am a citizen of.
1: Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, so, um, but Becker, you know, I, I I follow Becker and I read you know a lot of his tweets and watch his his uh, his YouTube videos sometimes. I don't necessarily always agree with Becker, but here's somebody who I think has integrity and conviction, right? So, yes. Um, uh in you uh, know what's
0: crazy can a uh, quick tangent the fact that you brought him up as an example of somebody with integrity when you actually were describing that he was one of the people that popped into my mind
1: really
0: okay. what popped into my mind was when one of the the s- true signs of integrity not like virtue signaling but a true sign of integrity is when you see somebody that's standing up for a group of people that don't realize that they're being manipulated and standing up against an individual trying to manipulate those people. And uh, I, it, it's just crazy how full circle that was. Cause that's, you know, that's like exactly um, uh, that's it. It's crazy that that came full circle. Anyways, please continue.
1: No, 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 for sure. You know, he, like I said, I don't, I, I don't even agree with him. I wouldn't even say uh, the majority of the time. Sometimes I, I, you know, i i like what he has to say and it gets me to think about you know what i believe and i think again getting that's one of the most important things that being challenged to think about what i believe it it helps me have uh you know more resilient conviction about my own beliefs or gets me to rethink what i'm thinking but to to your point you know about the fear and greed index one of the things that, that he wrote about recently i think maybe even today or yesterday was just um you know all these people that are calling for, you know, economic collapse and, you know, recession and all these things, they're the people who have gotten this wrong every fucking time, you know? And I thought about that, you know, when he wrote that, and I thought about it, he's, you know, because I, you know, a lot of times I'm just like, yeah, you know, we're heading into some real dog shit. Um, and, it, you know, when he read that, I thought about it, I was like, you know, it is, it, it, it's all the people who have gotten this wrong every time, you know? yeah the, are we are we gonna have another couple steps down in the s p and in in you know in the in Bitcoin and crypto in general probably I would I would you know I would definitely bet on that is it gonna like all out bottom out have some kind of like 1930s level depression like what people are calling for you know I, there's a part of me that believes that but there's a part of me that also because Becker of what Becker said you know in his tweet it's just like yeah, you know, these people have really been wrong most of the time. Like it's like why would I want to listen to somebody who's been wrong most of the time? It's like listening to Paul Krugman or something. I mean, this guy's been fantastically wrong. It's like entire life. Why does anybody listen to him?
0: You know? So you know, it's interesting about about what you're saying. I was thinking about this very same thing this morning, and the thing that I've been thinking about is okay, if the narrative going around is that there is this massive dump that's coming and it's inevitable and everybody's saying it like you're saying and there is a tremendous amount of quote-unquote smart money that is off to the side on the sidelines waiting for said thing then what happens if it just at some point becomes too painful for them to actually stay on the sideline. Is where they're forced to come back in. And that's the way that that's the way that that happens, because if there's so much on the side and everybody's thinking one thing, like who else is going to sell?
1: Well, well, his point, and I think this is a good point is if everybody is saying this and thinking this, then it's already priced in. Um, you know, uh, because that's how futures work. (laughs) Um, and, uh, you know, to, to your point about this money on the sideline, it's waiting, it's waiting, it's waiting. Let's go back to my point earlier. Capitalism. Capital will always flow to where it grows the fastest and easiest. And if this money is sidelined for too long, you know, they're losing money by having this money on the side for too long because there's no, it's not growing in any way. Um, and in fact, because of inflation, it's actually decreasing in value, right? Uh, so undeployed capital is not is not a uh, is not a good thing over a long period of time. Obviously having capital reserves is. but the 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 narrative around this, I think to his point, is a little bit too lockstep. Everybody's saying it. So it must already be priced in. Um, again, do I think that there's going to be another couple steps down? Probably, um, you know. Do I think there's that that we've had had the 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 low of lows of, of Bitcoin in the crypto market? Probably not. Um, but do I think it's going to just all out crater and you know BTC eight thousand or some nonsense like that? I I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, I, I I would be very shocked if that did happen. I certainly don't want to be on record saying it won't happen. But um, you know. But what does that mean for GameFi? You know. Um, you, you know what What has never stopped, no matter what has been going on in human history, no matter what wars have been going on or what atrocities or what terrible financial you know, calamities have been happening, you know what has not stopped? People playing games. In fact, maybe they've been playing more games, you know? Um, and so we are challenged to make sure that we make fun games that um, have real business mechanics in them, sustainable business mechanics, have real utility, foster adoption, um, and you know do that in a collective cohesive uh, you know um, in a in a in a way that that to your point is is a, is brings people together right um I think it's it's arguable but i i've I've had this position for a long time that really every person on the planet is looking for two fundamental things uh purpose and connection who are my people and what are we doing together right <laughs> where are my people and what the fuck are we doing together, right? Um, and if you look at pretty much everything that people do, it kind of really comes down to that, you know? Um, and uh, if games are a great way for us to connect with one another and find purpose together, you know, in in our own kind of, you know, niche way, but also in a collective way, right? Um, I, I really feel like, Game Phi with the Web3 component, right? Game game Fi is just gaming with the web three component. Um, it is this, you know, really beautiful evolution, iteration, you know, into this next kind of ethos of how we think about how we connect with one another and what that what that means. And, and I, I really feel like, like you said, not I don't know that I feel like we're necessarily in a renaissance right now, but I think we're heading into a really beautiful renaissance with this regardless of the macroeconomic climate um you know obviously that will have an impact on you know people's the the look when 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 you got a bootstrap which we have bootstrapped dexio protocol from the very beginning it's been all financed from us and for money we've raised otc deals and and some private sale pre-sale stuff but you know we haven't taken on any vc capital none of that stuff we're currently looking for that right now because we're kind of at that phase now where we need that kind of money but um you know we're we, when you have to bootstrap things, you know, it, it makes you, you know, it, 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 it makes you strong. It, it makes you make good decisions, make tough decisions and be lean and, and efficient. And that's, I think, again, back to this forest fire analogy, that's part of what's happened too, is it's really forced the people who are actually innovative, creative, hardworking, authentic, have integrity, are transparent. Right. It's brought those people really to the forefront because they're the only people that could survive the, this crypto winter. Right.
0: Well, I think there are probably a couple of lurkers. They're like sitting there. You know, they, I don't think all of the bad actors are gone. Oh, no, of, um, of course. But not. at some level, even those people push us all to be better because if somebody is able to be a bad actor in a system, that shows the flaw in the system somewhere and helps us actually to to get better. I actually want to make one more comment on something that we talked about before on the ability as an add-on for us to earn within a game. Now, not for it to be life-changing get-rich-quick money, but where I see this actually being still very, very, very impactful to people, even if it's just a little sprinkle every now and again of actual real value that they can, that people can play and earn and spend. Somebody that is young, for example, somebody that is in a place where the amount they earn, it may be little compared to our eyes, but the buying power goes a long way for them. If right. if people in, in those kinds of scenarios, probably not us, or maybe like a super young person in the U S or, you know, something like that. but, the economic value that you can get from playing and really interacting with different games in this way that we're talking about, in the non-ponsenomic way. Let's say you take all that money and you and you start investing that or you start compounding that over time and you use that as a way to get startup capital to start your own investing journey as a function of becoming an investor and learning. That, to me, is a really, really cool way for games to actually teach financial literacy to people who otherwise don't fully understand that. And I think that is going to be a hugely undervalued part of what this next part uh, of the the crypto gaming uh, timeline looks like.
1: There's no question that that crypto in general, but GameFi in particular, has a really important role to play in... Um, you know, underserved and underdeveloped uh, communities and in, in countries, right? We have a, we have a huge uh, um, community in the Philippines, which is a you know, relatively poor country. Um, and, you know, we have you know, a lot of great people there, but they are by far the most not, I shouldn't say by far, but anyways, they are one of the most enthusiastic groups of people when it comes to gaming and to promoting games and to promoting the project um you know because they do see the opportunity in it and they do see the the value in it to their their community in a way that maybe we don't see that here in the u.s and it is about financial literacy to some point right there's a um as a great guy in the philippines his name is coach Miranda minor who's who's, i I would call a friend now and we've we've had some really great conversations we actually he was in austin we met up with him in person Um, but he has this really great school basically to teach uh, people and these largely Filipino um, people um, about trading and investing and about you know how to do that in a um, in an effective way. and gaming is a portion of that and and game projects is a portion of that, and it is about financial literacy for those people. It is about you know bringing people up from um you know from poverty really um and and that's awesome. That's amazing, right? That's a really cool thing to be connected with. You know, a person who's doing that really good work there. Again, this is somebody who is very authentic, has integrity, very transparent, super good dude. Um, you know, all the people around him that we've met were were super great people. Uh, you know, but he's really trying to bring his people up. And he's using crypto and crypto trading and also, you know, the game space as the vehicle to do that. And that's amazing. That has a lot of, you know, there's a lot of there is a, you know, a lot of people there's, there's, there's a lot of the unbanked in the world, right? We know that. There's a lot of people just don't have access to that stuff. Um, and you know, they're getting access to the internet, um, before they're even getting access to banks, you know, they're, they're getting, they're getting that access. And because of that, it's, it's enabling them to venture into their, their personal financial journey using crypto first. And that that's incredible, right? And GameFi is going to play an important, an important role in the adoption portion of that. That's going well, to their, reach
0: everybody the fastest.
1: Exactly. Adoption. That's what, that's what, that's what gaming is going to do for crypto. It is going to accelerate adoption if it's done right. If it's done through Ponzi-nomics and, you know, total, you know, just completely tokenomics focused, earnings focused, P2E focused, uh, you know, what, what it was in this last bull cycle, it's not going to work because you're going to burn, you know, you're going to burn a lot of people. It's funny. Cause you know, when people are like, Oh, you know, Yeah, it's 30X or whatever. It's something 30X is in like, you know, a few weeks, which happened to Dexio Protocol back in October and November of last year. We 30X'd in, I think, two or three weeks, right? It was crazy. We had this crazy, you know, and we had a crazy crash afterwards, just like every other, you know, because there was, it was, you know, it wasn't a sustainable thing. You know, there were a lot, there were a few people who made a bunch of money and a lot of people left holding the bag in that, right? And that's how all of those pump and dump cycles worked. You know, we didn't intend for that to happen. It just kind of happened, and um you know it's nothing and 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 we learned a lot through that process obviously um you know and we also you know uh increased our reach because there was a lot more people that learned about us because of that right but um you know you have to have sustainable growth the the these you know super cycles of of pumping and dumping that that is a sure way to piss off the vast majority of people who get involved in that because the people who profit are profiting a lot. And the people who don't are, you know, far outnumber the people that did, and they're going to be upset, you know, or frustrated by, by losing money, especially if that's why they got into whatever they're getting into. And we definitely experienced that too. You know, for months, it was just like endless, like price, which wrong to the price. Like I don't control the price. People are selling the token. I, there's nothing I can do about that. You know? Um, and you know, the, the the learning lesson and all of that i think for everybody was that you really don't want to have that stuff happen i mean you do if all you care about is just cashing out on people at the top but for those of us that are actually interested in long-term sustainable mechanics that are interested in the future of crypto and gamefi we don't really want things like that we want you know we want this we, we want growth and, and we sure we like to see 30x over time but like how apple 30x not how safemoon did you know um, that doesn't, it's, this doesn't work, you know? Um,
0: I always think about it in terms of riding the, the same curve of exponential effects of our network effects, rather. That's the same curve I, I want to see in, in a business. Like it, it just compounds and compounds and eventually the power of compounding steadily over time is just, you know, just sends it straight up. Now, how long it takes a business or a project to go through that. That's up to the business, but the that that I think is probably one of the healthiest because you know that it's a function of real network effects um, coming into play, which yeah, that is a really really powerful um, um, accelerant of any business's journey. Absolutely. Well, I am extremely grateful uh, that you decided to come on the show today. I just realized we are over the hour and uh i I feel like we could keep chatting for any number of more hours it's been a lot of fun um so i just want to say thank you very much for coming on the show today Uh, i tremendously appreciate your time and i appreciate you sharing and uh going into interesting number of places and, and going through a bunch of tangents with me so thank you very much
1: hey thank you so much man i it's been it's it's really great to meet you and it was great to be on the show and and i appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and also your audience in general um, and it's good to connect with with people who uh, have like-minded vision.
0: I agree. Uh, well, everybody, I am so glad that you decided to join us today. Uh, I want to thank you again for um, uh, Greg being a part of the show and for sharing your valuable time. Uh, and everybody, I will see you on the next episode. Take care. <laughs>